Thunder Media. On this Inside Supercars, we have the team principals return, looking at Gen 3, formats and more. I, I honestly don't know, to be honest, you know, we're not, we're, we're not involved so much in that um, uh, anymore, you know, it's more supercars running it, you know, we're, we're no longer shareholders of the business. No point in me taking up all the laps, you know, it may as well have the, the stars of the show. That... We also find out about race relations on today's show. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. On this Inside Supercars, we hear from some of the team principals on how they see Gen 3 progressing. We also find out their thoughts on formats. It's the team principals talking straight as we go Inside Supercars once more. On this week's show, we start off with Tony Whitlock catching up with Ben Croak, DJR being the homologation team for the new Ford Mustang. He gives us his thoughts on where they're up to in the build cycle. Yeah, I mean, the Mustang that you see here won't be the Mustang that you'll see. Uh, because of the body shape. Which yeah, is, when when is it launched in America? Uh, September. Okay. Yeah, around so, the time of the So, yeah, you'll, you'll have enough of it so you can actually complete it in time for next year yep yeah yep. okay um and then um so that will be a little slightly different shape mustang but um still a good looking car you know it mimics the road car um we're happy with the, a lot of the work that we've done from the bodywork side of it and the chassis side of it and stuff like that um there's been a lot of other teams doing a lot of other stuff as well, and it, it's all it's all coming together. Um, I mean, it's been running uh, reasonably successful at most places. Now. One of the things that's changed since the last time that the uh, car was homologated, and it would have been then when you and Tickford were working together on that uh, current car sort of thing. Ah, uh, no, the current car was just DJR. Oh, was it? okay. Um, but the thing that's changed from then, of course, is the engine. Uh, manufacturer that now it's uh, Rob Herod owns the business yep and he'll be delivering Ford engines for the however many cars 15 or 12 or whatever it is cars will be on track yeah the the engine deal kind of um, is a copy of, of a lot of the other stuff as well it's just kind of a bigger piece of the project um, a lot of single source suppliers like a lot of the internal uh, composite bodywork is be single source suppliers um, you know, uprights, arms, all that sort of stuff is right. in a way going to be single source suppliers. I guess this one stands out because it's such a big and expensive component. But you know, um, Kenny will be doing the chef side of it and, and Herod Performance, um, the Ford side of it. Where's that business based? Uh, it, the Herod Performance engine facility is actually the old Stone Brothers 
right. facility for next the, to where Matt Stone's still exactly yeah, yeah next to Matt Stone's it's still owned by um, Ross and Jimmy Stone yep and um, we hire that off them yep. uh, we have done for five six years now yeah okay um, all right and as far as the homologation goes and the, the final sign off then there are many components within um, the car um, that have been signed off um, just you know things like the wiring room I know the brakes are, you know everyone signed off on was okay um, shockers other components that you you can tell me about um, yeah so all the rear suspension um, the chassis uh, like you mentioned, wiring looms, brakes, um, windscreens, windows. Um, is there much engines. change from from the current car to the new one in terms of the way in which things are done? Like you know, windows, for instance. Are, no, no, all, that, all that's all the same. Yeah. It's just a you know, single source supplier. Yep. People that have tended for it. Um, fuel tanks are all signed off on. Uh, wheels. All just on the fuel tank thing. What size is the tank in the new car going to be? Bigger. Bigger. Right, okay. It's going to be bigger. Right, okay. Yeah. All right. And that's just uh, race, um, race length sort of thing? You know. uh, I'm not sure whether it's more aimed at race length. They've just used the, the size that they've got. And it, it's, it's, you're only talking, uh, you know, 5-10%. Right, so okay. a massive change. Okay, all right. Um, and there's no other um, real changes in, in the car spec, is it, from the current one? I mean, obviously, it's a different car. Uh, it's another generation, but... Yeah, front suspension will all be in control. So, at the moment, we're free to do... Teams are free to do whatever they want with their yep. own front suspension. So, that'll be a control front, sim similar to the rear. Um, control roll bar systems across the car, as opposed to everyone doing their own thing. Um, and, yeah, single-source engine supply okay. coming from... All right. And and you mentioned before that um, DJs will be a race team again, making their own cars, but nobody else's. Yep, yep. We're, you know, we're a, a team, a business that goes racing. Uh, essentially, we're not a manufacturing business. We're not set up to do that as such. Uh, we do small amounts of it through our machine shop only, but in terms of, you know, making lots and lots of parts for customers, it's not something we're set up to do at the moment. And you know, maybe in the future, but um, for now we're just two race cars and we want to go out and win with those, either of those two cars. Do you see your time and realising that there are other questions on DJ because the ownership may change before next year or may, may not, but do you see any change in the way? Do you think, for instance, you'd have a, a development team at all? I don't believe so at this point in time. I think okay. our, our focus and our focus with all our, our partners, um, you know, Shell and... Repco and all our other ones are all on, on good deals and um, our primary focus is to go present two very well presented cars and team and go racing with them two cars. And win another championship. It's the point two. Yeah, or three. Teams championship, driver championship in the pit stop comp. Jamie Wincup is looking after the Chevrolet side of the equation. The Gen 3, we're just about to sign off. There's lots of components of the uh, R signed off, like... Uh, brakes and shocks and yes, windscreens yes, and yeah. all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, where are you on a chassis build? Uh, sort of, have you started welding and all that sort of stuff yet? Yeah, we have. Yeah, we, we've got a big, new, brand new manufacturing facility down the road um, from, from our current workshop. And yeah, we're, we're full steam ahead. There's, there's obviously going to be a thousand parts that yeah. need to get built for, for Gen 3. Um, 
a lot of those parts are, are outsourced, um, but we're going to manufacture quite a lot of the car. So okay. for sure, we're full steam ahead. We're we're onto our sixth chassis because we're supplying. Uh, we're going to build six car. Oh, we're going to build eight cars straight up. Yep. Um, two for us, two for um, Premier High Racing, and two for Team Eighteen. Yep. Uh, and then we're going to have a couple of spares. So we're um, if it needed. Yeah, yep. yeah. So one chassis is almost finished. The sixth one's probably ten percent. So yeah, they're all at different stages, but we're well and truly um, manufacturing. And we'll, we'll be we'll be going flat out right until the end of the year, or right until Newcastle really, to get all, all cars up and running, ready to go. So it'll it'll be a push. But every every new car build has been when we converted from Ford to Holden, when we changed a model. We've we've done this many times before. I know. Yeah. And if I look back, we're probably further in front now than what we were the last four or five times we did it. So yes. um, it's a bit of a shock to most, and it's a it's a bit of a daunting task when you when and, and I, I sympathise with them because um, yeah, some of the designs we don't know they haven't they don't know and they haven't seen yet. Yeah. So which we're still designing the car, we're still trying to improve it along the way. So um, that in the next two two to four weeks, that all drawings will be signed off and, and ready for manufacture, and then we'll we'll all um, we'll all share that load as teams to to get the cars built and ready to go. But it'll. It'll, it'll be a lot of hard work. Um, there'll be a lot of burning the midnight oil, but that's motorsport, and um, it'll be something we'll look back on. And be, I'm sure we'll be very proud of. And he thinks it's what they're taking away that's going to be a big difference to the new Gen 3 car. Part of that is we've taken away quite a lot of aerodynamics yeah. from the car. I think we've we've just added, added, added each year. We've just put a little bit more, a little bit more, and then it's going to be a big reset. A greater to Phillip Island where, where you're going to have to really hold on like hell. For sure. Not so good at a Winton where they'll, they'll be appreciably slower than the current car. Um, well, the, the big factor is they'll be 100 kilos lighter. Okay. So that makes a huge difference. At low speed when there's no aerodynamics, yeah. the car should go around that low speed corner much quicker being 100 kilos lighter. And with that lack, with that less weight, it feels like you've got 700 horsepower. It feels, yeah. like, it feels so fast because you've got the same power, but 100 kilos less having to accelerate, it just feels fast and grunty. So, um, no, I, th- I think it's it's going to be, the car's going to be hard to drive. It's going to reward the driver that um, that does their job well. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited. Barry Ryan, the head of uh, Erebus, and just wanting to get your take on where things are. I mean, I keep on hearing that, you know, lots of items on Gen 3 are signed off. What's your program for Gen 3 and introduction? Yeah, it's, um, it's still a long way off. Like we've still got a lot, a lot of parts to get ticked off and and make and try and work out where we're going to get materials and machine time and all that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, we can we can say it's it's on track, but I'm not convinced. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> there might it's, be a couple of cars here, but that's <laughs> oh, Jamie Winkup's convinced. He says he's never been this far advanced in July, where we haven't even got enough parts um, supplied to build one chassis. So. You know, we're ready. We're sitting there. I was in the fab shop for three days last week trying to help Jimmy, our fabby, and we went through our stock take, and literally parts haven't been approved for the chassis yet, so okay. we're still waiting on that, so we, we can't even get one chassis made. Yeah, so there are parts, you know, there's things like uh, the uh, shockers, the brakes, the windscreens, yeah. the, you know, various components of it yeah. are signed off, and because I understand it is a better... Um, bulk buying programs that are being put together by the teams, mm. instigated mm. by the teams, Yeah, that seems to be more advanced than... 
Yeah, I've been really proactive on that, just trying to make sure that we, we group by and try and save some money. But, um, yeah, still, it's easy to, to, to put it all together, but then there's still a lot of manufacturing pressure on a lot of um, people we're relying on, whether it's teams or, or our external suppliers that just either can't get material or waiting on material to build stuff. So we'll get it done, but it's, it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be a lot of pressure on our staff. Is there going to be any sort of chance that you'll be going to manufacturing some parts and components of the car? Or? Yeah, we've already got um, a lot of parts out there that we've offered to manufacture and okay. people have taken it up. And um, yeah, yeah, with external suppliers, with some of the machine shop parts and with fabrication internal. So, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, but so we've got a lot of parts. some components. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay, all right, um, and obviously one of the key components of this is staff because mm. the one thing you can't do is is burn people out, and you know we know historically that's happened yeah. in years past. So the management of your crew to finish off this season, to build the new mm. cars and be ready for twenty three, that's a key component. Yeah, it's a huge key component, and we've got enough staff. We don't have an abundance of staff, and even if we wanted more, there's just not the people around, the skilled people around. So we're going to be putting a lot of pressure on our, our staff now to finish the season and obviously do a wild card, the third car at Bathurst, and make sure we tick all those boxes and have a good finish to the year without burning out people trying to build Gen 3. Tim Edwards from Tickford Racing says they've already started building components. Yeah, we've started manufacturing you know, where we can, and we've placed a hell of a lot of orders out in, into the you know uh, in, into the world for you know a lot of the parts that have been um, released so yeah there's a lot on order there's a, a lot you know manufacturing is underway that a lot of the teams are working together on um, group buying power you know rather than having 20 parts of a certain part made you know if you've ordered 100 you get a better price so we're you know and Barry Ryan to be fair is he's leading the charge on that you know soon as he gets a price he fires it out to everybody and and a lot of us are jumping on board where we can so um which is good you know we all benefit from the you know the group buying power yep and so yeah there's a there's a lot going on behind the scenes you know if you walked into our factories now you're not going to see anything gen 3 related really um but you know in the next one to two months that's going to change pretty quickly Uh, there are a lot of things that have changed you know like the wheels and the brake package of a small amount um, the shock is much the same, um, but different. Things like the, the windows, you know, you, that's staying the same from this model to the next one. Well, the, win- uh, the windows are all different because oh, the, because the, the cars different. are different yeah, shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But, but fundamentally, the way in which it's done is, is all the same. Uh, yeah, although the front windscreen is... Um, is a, is a step forward. It's a, it's got a heated screen in it. So oh, no, no, you're going no, back no, in time. No, right? no longer. Well, yeah. I mean, heated screens on laminate screen on, on you know plastic screens. Are, not something we've ever had. No, that's right. You know, yeah. we used to have heated front screens. You're correct. Back yeah. in blueprint days. Yeah. But that was when we had a, still had a glass screen. You know, we went to the plastic screen for all the right reasons. You know, it's 250 times more impact resistant. So yeah. not just a little bit better. You know, yeah. it's you, know, you can fire a bullet at it. Um, however. It, it's quite expensive putting heated elements in plastic screens. So, but we've bitten the bullet this time because you know, the reality is, you know, we do have wet races and and running dodgy fans trying to you know blow air up the screen is yeah. nowhere near as good as having a heated screen. So, yeah. you know, we've sort of 
It's just one of the many things that we're trying to improve with you know, the next-gen car. Now, as, as we know already that Triple um, Eight are going to be manufacturing and delivering um, to a certain date, and I haven't asked that date of anyone yet, but you know, a number of teams have ordered cars with them. Um, are you going to be manufacturing for other teams or just chassis for yourself? Oh, we're not going to be building cars for other people. However, there's a lot of parts that we are making that, um, uh, that other teams... High repetition stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, we're you know we've obviously got quite a, um, um, a high-end composite facility, so yep. there's certain part of the composites that we made for the prototype, and we will also be making for 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 all of the Gen 3 Mustangs. Yep. So, you know, so whilst we're not selling com complete turnkey cars, um, you know, to a couple of teams like T8 are doing, um, we are um, selling parts to other teams. Right. Okay. Um... And given that your, your workforce is, I assume that there's not going to be any major change in your workforce from this year to next. No. Um, you're going to have to uh, be building through a summer period. Um, how are you going to be managing um, that workforce and making sure that they're not all flat strapped through Christmas Day and all those sort of things? Yeah, good question. <laughs> you know, and, that, and, and a lot of that comes down to how well we go for the next five months. You know, right. The more that we can get done in the next four, five months, the more chance we've got of having a, a break at Christmas. Okay. So you know, and that's why the, the plans and the orders and the manufacturing that's all underway at the moment um, sets us up for, for how much of a uh, downdrop we're going to have at Christmas. I mean, the, these cars are going to be different to any car that anyone in this category has built in the past because... You know, it's it's there's a lot more control parts than we've had in the past. You know, whereas typically you build a new car, and you know the you know the people smarter than me have decided that the drinks bottle would be better in the left front corner than the right rear corner where it was in the last car. So that's all new mounts and all different wiring looms and things like that. So all those sort of things that sort of you know call it personalisation. You know, doesn't exist to the same extent in in the Gen Three car. So, with that, so so with with that in mind, it's a um, you know, it's it should be an easier build than our current cars. Okay. Now, and your um, plan and, and everything that you're doing is based on running four cars again next year. Yep. Yep. And that uh, running the current cars, a couple of them in the development series. Yeah, that's right. So you know, we've obviously been running. You know, we've been competing with a single um, Falcon for the last few years, um, but it's the right time for us to step back up to, to two Super Two cars. And you know, we've got you know, obviously several Mustangs. So it's um, you know, and that's what we did. You know, we're obviously we, last time we ran two cars, I think it was with Gary Jacobson and Jack LeBrock in twenty. 16, you yeah. know, with um, plucking numbers, and yes. um, you know, it was a successful campaign for us. In fact, those two finished first and second in the Super 2 Championship. So, you know, we've only had the one Falcon sort of out at our disposal for the last few years, so that kind of hamstrung us to just running a single car. But it's the right model to run two cars because the teammates bounce ideas off each other, you know, they share information, and particularly because the, the Gen 3 cars. You know, there's less relevance between the two. So, you know, at the moment, Zach in the Super 2 car, there is some correlation between our, the, our Super 2 car and our main game cars, um, Mustangs, albeit different bodies on them, but mechanically underneath is a lot more similar. 
So that goes with, um, with with Gen 3, and so it's important that you know we we have um, you know, more data for our drivers to share and and compare notes with, and so make one of two cars is the is the better model. David Couchy's in charge of Grove Racing, and he told Tony about their progress. Yeah, so we're already working hard on on making sure we're ordering all the parts that have been released um, from supercars. Uh, we're getting our chassis from from Pace Innovation, um, so they're not too far off delivering the first chassis. You know, and then it's a matter of being able to order all the all the componentry to bolt onto it. Some some of that's released, some of it's not. Um, so the timeline's going to be pretty tight. There's there's no no question about that. But you know, we we we've done up until this point, we've done as much as we can with the with what's been released, we've got we've got Steve Robinson working on that that project, um, and he's doing a great job. Uh, so that's that's sort of we, we've you know we've done as much as we possibly can uh, with the information we've got. And and of course, there've been various times along the way over the last months or so where you know the wiring looms um, signed off. Okay, so that can go the way. Uh, yep. um, the brakes, the shocks, the, you know, and so on, so. On. Um, and so all those components will come together. And I understand bulk buying is one of the big things that the teams wanted to do and have set in place. Yeah, we're trying. The teams are trying to work together um, to try to reduce the the cost of parts by by buying, you know, as a as a category, buying 500 or 700 instead of each team going and ordering, you know, 50 or 100 type thing, depending yes. on on what it is. So, um, no, the teams have been have, have come together in that respect to make sure that collectively we all get the job done and we all have cars on the grid because that, that's what's important. You know, there's there's no competition if there's only four cars on the grid. So uh, we need to all be there and to do that in this very compressed time frame with the you know economic environment and the world as it is today uh, which is not very easy to navigate um, the more we can work together um, as a as a team as a family um, the better off we're all going to be okay um, and, and tell me um, your drivers have actually driven the gen 3 mustang yeah not the uh, not the latest uh, revision they drove it after uh, they drove it at tasmania okay um, so we're hoping to get them in the car again soon Matt Cook at Premier Racing explains the philosophy that they're going with in 2023 and beyond. Yes, yeah, we've definitely, um, we're going to continue our relationship with AAA. We've ordered two brand new cars, like turnkey, ready to go. So when I say that, I mean it's going to be complete engine. Um, the setup's going to be done in it and we'll turn up with turn up to the factory uh, ready to go. So, um, yeah, we've continued that relationship. We're, we're going to supply a few of our mechanics to AAA to help to the them with, with the build process. Yeah. Uh, you know, take, Which take is a, load a off historical them. thing that has gone in years past. Yeah. We're each of the subsequent generation before. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it also allows our mechanics to, to get up to speed with that car as well because if it just turns up in December, you know, and the, our guys haven't really understood how it goes together and how to pull it apart, it allows them to build the car in its infancy from the beginning all the way to the end and, and that'll get their knowledge up to speed as well. Right. I mean, I understand, and I'll be talking to uh, Adrian Burgess, um, there have been a lot of parts of the car, you know, for instance the wiring loom and the brakes and the whatever, you know, have been signed off, mm. but the whole car's just not ticked yet here, uh, replicate this sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, have you got a date that when you know that, yes, the button's going to be pushed? Not from the supercar side of stuff, but I've been given a delivery date, so yeah. okay. uh, I'm very confident about that. Um, it, it, this whole build process has been very hard. You know, we're still everyone, supercars included. We're still trying to do a season. You know, we're still trying to race the yeah. current cars in this season. So, any spare second you have is devoted to the Gen Three build. And 
you know, obviously it's no secret, Triple Eight are heavily involved with that, and they've been doing a fantastic job. You know, supercars have been doing a fantastic job. I, you know, we're so close to having 100% of the car signed off from supercars, and once that's done, it, it's just full speed ahead for everyone to start to build them. Now, you've been involved in managing people, which is a large part of your job. You know, it's not just the, the, the mechanical bits, yeah. the metal bits, yeah. um, the people side of it. And obviously for next year, when you talk about how being involved in the build, it's something you'll be sending up some of your mechanics. Mm-hmm. You've got to manage your people between this season, the build, and next season. Do you actually have, you know, sort of like some program that you can say, right, you've got seven days off here, you've got three days off there. You've got to <laughs> sort of manage all that on a fairly, you know, inch by inch basis yeah yeah definitely you know we, we can't burn out our mechanics because it's just um you know they're, they're so well i mean massive there are still massive shortages up and down pit lane yeah 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 it, it's it's all teams you know like even even the the teams down the other end of pit lane you know i'm sure if they could employ another 20 people they would love to but it's just so hard to find the experience within the racing industry you know definitely i'm a big fan of giving the boys time off you know like they spend so much time away from their their families so we'll definitely have a, a big reset over Christmas we'll have four weeks off and then when we get back it'll be all, all systems go so the the first couple of probably months after Christmas will be big big days big weeks but yeah I'm a big fan of let, letting the the boys and girls have some time off because they've deserved it. Bruce Stewart from Walkinshaw and Dreddy United. There's a big change coming and forget the colours of the cars yes but just a simple thing is that you've got a new chassis for next year. Yes. You're building cars. Yes, we are. We are. So we've got a really capable fabrication team and uh, our own machine shop and uh, very you know talented people we work with in that, so yes. One of the encouraging things that I've been hearing about, and this is talking about the team principals and owners this morning, yes. is the um, idea of far more being done about bulk buying and... Uh, Evening the, evening the load out over the uh, the whole series sort of thing, getting teams building parts and things like that. Very much so. Yeah. Are you guys putting your, your Abs- hands? Absolutely, and we've you know there's a like an email channel and a WhatsApp channel with uh, you know whether it's spindles or wheel nuts coming up all the time, constantly after designs are released, and then people openly quoting for them and putting them out there in the market for uh, other teams to buy into and. That, that's great. It shows a level of collaboration between the teams that I certainly hadn't seen with the current generations of cars. You know, like, certainly um, it's, it's exciting and allows teams to focus on different areas and realise we're, we're all in that together. We've just got to try and ensure the cost is kept to as tight as possible and we uh, deliver a great product for all of the teams. One of the things, of course, is that... Um You'll, you'll be a manufacturer for your own cars, but you're not going to be ma- making for anybody else. Well, it, it depends on uh, if, if anyone wanted us to build a chassis for them. I'm sure we could we could look at that. And um, certainly, you know, there are always conversations going on. But, yeah, we're, uh, we're currently building our own cars. Yeah. One of the big jobs that you're having between finishing off this season and obviously uh, building the new cars for next season is staff. Now, as... You and I both know that there have been enormous demands throughout the workforce in Australia and everywhere else in the world. Yeah. So um, it's the management of those people, how you get them through without running them down so that they start the new year absolutely knackered. So uh, have you have you looked at employing more people or you've got the people you need? We'll take on a few more people and uh, we'll do that because our staff are our lifeblood. This is a team sport. 
and we live and breathe on the quality of staff, how motivated they are, and how, I guess, ingrained they feel for the vision and where we're taking the team. Otherwise, it becomes a job, and if it's a job, um, you're not going to last very long in this sport. It needs to be, you need to feel part of a team, that you're part of something. So, yes, it's important we look after our staff, and we resource it properly, and we try and give people proper breaks, because, especially coming to two-day events, you actually wear your staff out. They are, they are really, really tired, and um, people might say, oh, well, that's what you buy into, but um, the level of work that goes into these cars to tune them up in short periods of time, and especially if you have a moment like we have just had with Nick's car, um, I'm just in awe of our people and how hard they, they work. They swing into action. They swing into action. They feel committed to it and makes you so proud to be part of this, this sport and have a team like this and a group of guys and girls who just get involved. Coming, running into John Rossner, who I've known a long time and have enormous respect for, yeah. um, something he said I was so delighted to hear and it was a similar thing to what Tim Macro said when he raced the first time at uh, Sandown in the 5000, oh, S5000. Yeah. Yeah. And Tim said, these things are bloody hard to drive at speed. You know? yeah. And when John Russell said to me, about the new car, yeah. like, that is fantastic. Yeah, because yeah. that's what we want—a driver back doing what yes. he does. Here's Matt Stone from Matt Stone Racing. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing about that is we're no, no one. Any, we can all speculate as to whether that's been successful or not, but until we actually debut these cars um, on the streets of Newcastle and and you know, 20, 25 drivers and 25, well, 12, 13 teams go out there and have a red hot crack at it, we we won't actually know. Um, you know how that how that's been delivered, um, but look, I, I certainly think from everything I've heard um, internally and in the media that you know it's looking promising, um, and you know there's a lot of smart people working on the project um, with you know clear goals. So hopefully uh, that target gets hit. David Couchy again. <laughs> yeah, they probably are. I mean, look, they've got they've got less downforce um so yeah they're going to move around a little bit more um you know it's still a still a spool it's still got a lock diff in it um the tire as far as i know isn't isn't changing um so you know the rear suspension is fundamentally the same um the front suspension is still a bit of an unknown we don't really know what what too much detail about that yet um so yeah look it's it's going to be different um still going to be still going to be a supercar it's still going to have its um its unique characteristics um but probably yeah it's going to and it's going to take a while for the teams to 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 dial in their setups it's 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 you know there's some things that, that aren't going to be quite as transferable from the current cars so there's going to be a big learning curve and some teams will get there faster than others but um, it's going to be a fun interesting process Bruce Stewart, Walnutshire and Ready United I think so and from our point of view you know, we've seen that from a long way out and we feel very lucky to have two A-grade drivers in Chas Mostert and Nick Perker and uh, we understand that you know, if the cars are closer together and, um, and the wheat is going to separate from the chaff that you want to have A-grade experienced talented drivers across multiple car types and I think we've got a really strong team for that respect. Tim Edwards from Tickford Racing wouldn't be drawn into the whole discussion about whether Taylor and Ben should have an enduro, whether there should be more enduros. I, I honestly don't know, to be honest. You know, we're not we're, we're not involved so much in that um, uh, anymore. You know, it's more supercars running it. You know, we're, we're no longer um, shareholders of the build business. Um, so you know, 
personally. I think a 500 in the build up to the thousand is is a good thing. Yep. Um, you know, for you know, obviously, it, it, it disappeared through our you know the COVID period of our lives. Um, you know, I'd certainly like to see it come back, but I don't. You know, I've been in no conversations about whether it is or isn't on the agenda for for next year. Yeah. And the rest of the things that happen, you know, like this three-race format this weekend, we have the two 250s at Townsville. I mean, it seems that they're fairly well, not, you know, carved in wood or anything like that, but they seem to be that, that fairly settled as to... Yeah, points. they have, but, you know, there's, there are some, some, um, you know, some meetings coming up about what we should be doing next year, so there's a lot of different schools of thought there. And is this an opportunity where you'll get to voice 100%. Those? Yeah, yeah, no, I've already been in dialogue with the supercars, you know, sharing yeah. my thoughts. So, you know, that's what they do. They canvass everybody for their thoughts and then they sort of come back and present what they they think is the, is the best option based on their own opinions and also the, you know, what they've, you know, garnered from the... From the pit lane. Some months ago, um, when I spoke to you on the subject, it, it, you'd mentioned that there wasn't a lot of dialogue coming from the direction from the business called Race. Um, oh, I think that was more of a period where they're just... Matt Stone gives his thoughts on formats. Like anything, change is a good thing. Um, in 2019, all the races were long fuel races and, and they became a bit stagnant, you know, because everyone had done the same format for years, everyone knew the, the strategies that worked, that didn't, the tyres, the fuel. So it became a bit of a just processional because we've all been, we've all, everyone had fine-tuned their ability to do that format of race. Um, we went to sprint racing in 2020 and they were really spectacularly entertaining because they were different. Um, whereas here we are, you know, two years later and we're starting to see that processional, like, you know, no one's changing four tyres anymore because... It, that, that you know everyone's figured out that, that the extra time you spend in the pits you don't make up on the track yeah. because with an only a two tire advantage you just can't overtake so there is no mixed strategies whereas you go back two years there was because people were still figuring out the the formula so um i do and then you go to townsville we haven't done those long races in a while you go to townsville put on the long races and it was quite entertaining so i, I think it's um i don't i don't i don't think it's necessarily the the difference between the long versus the short race formats, I think it's more just mixing it up, you know? Yeah. Um, right. You know, if, if we do the same thing every weekend, everyone will be doing the same thing every weekend, and, and when everyone in pit lane is running the same strategy, it makes for a boring race. Yeah. Making a format where there is different opportunities and different strategies work, and I think in one of the things with Gen 3, with a larger fuel capacity, might actually open up to some, uh, some different strategy options when they're planning events, so... Um, hopefully there's potential there to, to mix it up again and, and, you know, create some more entertainment factor. As you know better than me, um, one of the biggest demands, uh, being a team owner, is uh, staff. Um, a, getting them, B, keeping them and, and giving them reasons as to why they improve and things like that. Uh, you must have actually having to manage through this period of having a, a build program and getting ready for well, finishing this season and getting ready for next that must be a very big task you've got to take on. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like, I think um, our industry, along with most industries at the moment, are having, um, you know, staff shortages just with the demand out there. Um, I mean, we're, we're, we've certainly made a big commitment to training. Um, you know, we've got a lot of, in, in almost every department with our business, you know, we've got people that are either new to new to the sport totally or, or in a role that's new to them, you know, because we've been promoted internally or whatnot. So we're certainly putting a big 
emphasis on training um, within our team, you know, to set ourselves up for the next next five years. Um, just because there is a there is a skill shortage, you know, the the guys that um, are very experienced um, and, and know this industry backwards. A lot of them have uh, retired out of it, or um, you know, COVID times gone and done something else. And and uh, you know, for, for years, I think supercars particularly wasn't investing in young talent uh, off the track that is um, and you know I think the whole industry is seeing that now so so we've made a big investment in, um, in young young personnel that we're training up for, for, you know to set ourselves up for the future all right well thank you very much Matt Stone for joining us on Inside Supercars best of luck this weekend and catch up with you at Sandown no worries thank you very much Jamie Winkup no, I think a nice mix is good. Okay. Yeah, we don't want all long or all short. Um, I, I really like the fact that we've got the, the two-day race meetings and three by one, uh, approximately 100k so races. So it's a mix thing. And then we've got those really nice sort of semi-enduro street tracks, and then we've got the big Bathurst 1000. You know, I think I think I think the mix is great. Okay. And I, I think we've got the formats pretty good at the moment. Do you envisage that you're going to have much the same crew that you've got this year for next year, including the build? Yeah, I think staff numbers have been got back. Back under control since COVID. Yep. Um, we went really lean. We've added a few more since then, but um, the staffing number at the moment to run a racing team in this country with this population and this amount of corporate dollars, I think, is about right. So we certainly don't want to just keep keep adding, 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 and get back to where we were. Sort of to 18, 2019. That was that was too big. That was too many. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jamie Winkup. Best of luck with your last two races at Taylor Mead. Happy Good days. Cheers. And what does Bruce Stewart think about more enduros? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have our uh, endurance drivers locked in for Bathurst, and we announced ours this weekend, but it would be good to use them for um, another race, and particularly in the lead-up to. Yeah. I think there was always a benefit of the Sandown 500 as you then went to the 1000 and you had a little bit of seat time um, with them. And, yeah, going straight to Bathurst puts a premium on the... Eight great drivers yeah. who've got their depth of experience, and you know we feel very lucky with uh, Luffy, who he should have been born in Bathurst, I would have thought, because uh, he's been there and done so well. He was probably conceived there, shall we say? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a hell of a question to ask. <laughs> Maybe we could delve into that. But uh, and then uh, obviously had Lee Holdsworth last year, who's super experienced and won it with Chaz, and this year we got very very lucky and uh, to have someone as experienced and level headed and capable as Fabian Coulthard yep indeed. but I think for a young driver coming in trying to crack it whether you're a Jada no Jada or whoever's coming through the uh, troops you know if you're going from Super 2 into the main game and you're going to try and get a Bathurst drive that's a big step like yeah. to go straight to the mountain yeah yeah and of course for all those years when we were having uh, imported drivers um, it was a wonderful thing because they yeah. get to know the car and the team without yeah. having to worry about Sandown, which was not the complexities of a Bathurst sort of thing. So. No, totally. And, and the words of James Hinchcliffe when we did the wildcard um, from the US, the Andretti drivers uh, from the US, ring my ears after he'd done two test days at Winton and he went out at Bathurst and he did his first sort of session around the mountain, got out of the car and I stupidly, excitedly went up and said, how was that? And he said, well, there's no Winton. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, fair point. Indeed. indeed. <laughs> no okay. offence to Winton. Great no, track, great absolutely, track. Absolutely, absolutely. But, you know, no. a little right. bit different from the map. And just how are race relations going between team principals and the race organisation, Tim Edwards? 
Just trying to get their feet under the table. Right, you know, they're okay. new to it and we're new to them and you know, you, it's like any marriage, you know, you've got to get to know each other and yep. you know, we've sort of gone through the what do you call it, honeymoon period and, and now we've sort of you know we're, we're getting to understand each other. Okay. And that's right. that's what you'd expect in any new relationship. So no, it's you know, that's that's coming on, you know, really. Barry Ryan is being a bit more pragmatic with his approach to race. Yeah, just I'm not even thinking about it. I'm just worried about Gen Three at the moment. Okay. And once Gen Three's on the track, you know, we've got yeah, to talk about formats. How long we're going to yeah, race here? I really want to get Gen Three ticked off as everyone does, and then however we go racing doesn't really matter. Ben Croak again. Um, yeah, just looking uh, on the horizon and over the, over the uh, horizon. In fact, do you see any change in the team for next year? You know, I mean, these cars, you know, they never become simpler. So. Um, are you going to have to man up more? Are you going to be looking for more people? Or no, I think the um, what we have now in terms of our, our people, we've um, we're probably well staffed um, compared to some teams. Um, we proved that at Townsville. You know, we were down a couple of engineers, so we had other guys step in. So we've got good people. We've got very experienced people, and we've had good stability over the last four, five, six years. And, and you know, the plan is to keep all those good people and just move that into next year. I don't feel the need that we're going to have to um, employ extra people to do what we're doing. The cars are supposed to be simpler, more reliable and easier to work on. That's yet to be determined, but um, you know, we've, we've probably got one or two extras back at the workshop that some teams don't have yeah. already. And of course the one thing that we have learned over a long time is that continuity works enormously for race teams. The more you have people, you know, staying on to do a job they've been doing, it just works so well. Yeah, stability without comfort. Um, yeah. You know, just the, the same group of guys all working together. You go to a racetrack and you're not having to tell someone what to do every five minutes. Everyone gets there and they just know their job and everyone everyone does their role. That's the that they know their role. And they, you know, they accept it and do their role. I think there's always a, a test, and I can remember it from my days when I pretended I was going to be a race car mechanic is that when you have silent pack-ups, that always seems to me a, a really good demonstration of a team when you see everybody doing their job at a time when everyone's just wanting to, you know, we've had a long day, we need to get out of here, but you see everybody packing up and not a word being said. I think even better than that is just silence in the garage, like during a race or even when you've got um, damage or something that's out of your control has, has gone bad, just silence and no yelling or panicking in that situation is even better than that and that's that's where we're at now indeed well ben croak thank you very much for telling us a little bit more about djr and their run up to the end of 2022 and prepping for 2023 no problem great to have you on inside supercars and finally to jamie wingcup again temptation to shake off the driving suit and uh, say hey, let me have a go at this <laughs> well i'll do the bathurst of course with uh, in, the, in the 88 car yep but uh, i'm talking about gen 3. oh gen, no certainly not full time no no my no, no no i'm not talking full time i'm oh. talking about having a drive having a run oh just drive yeah for sure well I've, i drove it for the first time at bathurst ah. last year oh okay I'm yeah sorry. just yeah. did a, just did a lap or two did some testing out at queensland raceway so for sure um, no point in me taking up all the laps, you know, may as well have the, the stars of the show that are going to drive the cars, sure. but um, no, I'll, I'll, I'll be here, there and everywhere having a few laps here and okay. there just, just for the experience. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. 
The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.